from Reminder Media, this is Stay Paid, a sales and marketing podcast on a mission to help you close more deals and retain more business. Hosted by the VP of Marketing, Josh Stake, and Reminder Media's president, Luke Akery. So get ready to hear the golden nuggets that will allow you to live a life of freedom tomorrow, but only if you take action today. All right, let's do this. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Stay Paid. Stay Paid, baby. Whew, I'm out of breath. Luke, I don't know if you um, heard. Did I hear? But uh, Stay what Paid hit uh, a new a new, oh, a new milestone. I did hear about this in our social media meeting. Yeah. Wait, they're giving me a... I have to do hit a sound the, button. Hit the sound box, I don't ladies know which and gentlemen. One. Wait, Is that's that, the money sign, dude. You do this. You need, like, the, you need the drum roll or oh, whatever. Okay. Here we go. Drum roll, please. Number 14. We are the number one podcast in the 14th spot on iTunes we Marketing. We hit 14. That's our highest. It's our highest so far. Tracking or chartable place is yeah. number 14 in marketing. Yeah. Marketing podcast. It's kind of, it's kind of crazy. Now, it happened at 1 a.m. Yeah, overnight. Yeah, you know, so. It happened. You know, it happened, guys. It's we working. We're 14. asking you guys to help us out we and get us to climb the We need to be number charts. one, though. Number one is what the goal is this year. So we still have a couple for months. For how long? You know, left. Like, for an hour, for a no, day. I want to be number one for at least two <laughs> weeks, at least two weeks, and then we want to break the record. All right, we'll do that. No, but we need you guys to share with your friends, share with your friends, your family, write reviews. It helps, you know, from iTunes algorithm and all that good stuff. The more share, the more subscribe. subscribers, yeah, the more downloads. If you're listening to this on YouTube or you're listening to it on our Please website, subscribe podcast, go over to iTunes, click that. If you're if you're on a mobile device. You can uh, open up the podcast app. If you're on your computer, you can open up iTunes, go to podcast, and hit that purple subscribe button. Yes. That will help us out a ton. And today, we are going to be digging in to podcasts, the business benefit of them from someone who actually has a podcast agency. His name is James Carberry. He is the founder of Sweetfish Media, a podcast agency for B2B brands, and he hosts his own podcast called B2B Growth, a show dedicated to helping B2B executives achieve explosive growth. He's been a contributor for the Huffington Post, entrepreneur, and business insider, as well as the author of Content-Based Networking, How to Instantly Connect with Anyone You Want to Know. James, welcome to Stay Paid. Thanks for being here. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, James, excited to have you on the show. Excited to get into this idea of podcasting. Although I did see a meme. My wife showed me the me- a meme the other night, and it was basically two 20-year-old kids. It's like, what, what should we do with our time? And it was like, <laughs> let's start a podcast every <laughs> 20-year-old kid right now starting a podcast. But I'm excited because I think I was actually just uh, did an interview myself uh, with a radio show uh, yesterday. Mm. And we talked about the power of podcasting and what it's done for our business. Mm -hmm. And really, I underestimated. Shout out to our old producer, Mark who pushed us to doing this podcast. I underestimated the networking benefits and and all that has come from doing Stay Paid. Mm -hmm. And it's really one of the better parts of my week is actually doing Stay Paid. I actually look forward to it. It's it's crazy how that works. But go ahead and introduce yourself, James, to the audience. Tell us a little bit about your journey, your life, what brought you to where you're at today, and how you got into helping business owners, business professionals. So go ahead and share kind of your 30,000-foot Cliff Notes version of your life. Yeah, so uh, so it started with a little bit of a crazy story. So I graduated college, and uh, my roommate at the time, uh, he had won his brother in law had won a sweepstakes through the old phone company Alltel, and it was one of those deals where you like text, you know, 
one five one one to one eight hundred Alltel, and you can win an all expense trip to a professional football game of your choice with you and nine of your friends. And you're like, yeah, nobody actually wins those things. Um, turns out people actually do win them. <laughs> and uh, my roommate's brother in law was one of them. And he was he reached out to his brother in law. Was like, hey, I just moved to Oklahoma. I don't really have any you know friends in this area. Um, do you have any buddies that would want to go on this? And of course, my roommate didn't, you know, didn't have any problems finding nine guys to get on a private yeah, right. jet and go hang out with Barry Sanders in New York City for the day. So, um, so we did that, and I was one of those nine guys. And uh, when we got to New York City, there was a guy there that was running all the logistics for the trip. So he had chartered the jet, he had chartered the limo bus that was taking us around the city. Uh, he even watched the game with us in the in the suite, uh, the Giants Cowboys game that we were watching. And I just hit it off of this guy. His name was Jeff, and turns out he was the CEO of this global logistics company. And so I connect with this guy, not thinking anything's really going to happen. Find out he's the CEO of this company that's that's doing really well. And, uh, and go on my merry way. We get back on the private jet, go back to Oklahoma that night. And about a year and a half later, I'd stayed connected with him. Uh, about a year and a half later, he called and said, Hey, James, um, the guy running the helicopter division of our business, uh, working with NASCAR drivers, uh, he just left. Would you want to move to Orlando and run the what helicopter? A, what a position. <laughs> Right, <laughs> the, yeah. The helicopter so, pos position for NASCAR. <laughs> yes, <laughs> right. Awesome. So, so all these guys don't want to have to wait in traffic after the race, and so um, they get on a helicopter and we take them to where their private jet is. So, wow. um, awesome. so, so that 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 story I say to illustrate that a single relationship, one relationship, can literally change the trajectory of your entire life. Because mm. had I not worked for Jeff for three years, I would have never, I, I wasn't one of those guys like that sold baseball cards in, you know, elementary school or had a lemonade stand. Uh, like I didn't, I didn't do any of that stuff. I didn't know what entrepreneurship was. I didn't have it modeled to me. That's just not my story. But getting to work for Jeff for three years, I saw an entrepreneur in the trenches building a business. Um, and I thought, man, I, I like this. I want to do this. And so because of that relationship, I ended up pursuing entrepreneurship because Jeff moved me to Orlando. That's where I met my wife. Uh, she's a dolphin trainer at Disney World. And uh, and so I, I get to do I, I get to do what I love doing with someone that I love doing it with um, because of this single relationship uh, with Jeff. And so uh, as I started my business, uh, we were started off as like a blog writing agency and then shifted into becoming a podcast agency. I thought, man, what would be a way to reverse engineer relationships with the exact people that I want to know? And that's how I stumbled into this, this way of looking at podcasting as a way of doing content collaboration with the people that I want to know. So when we started our show, B2B Growth, uh, I said, hey, if VPs of marketing at B2B SaaS companies with 50 plus employees are the people that buy from us, if that's our ideal customer profile, then man, I should just interview VPs of marketing at B2B SaaS companies with 50 plus employees on this show. That's and great. it's worked out incredibly well for us. So uh, we're really, really tight with um, with who we ask to be on the show. Um, but every single guest that we've had on the show, we've had over 1300 guests now. Um, and every single one of those guests is an ideal buyer for us. And so hearing, hearing you guys talk about how you serve, you know, folks in finance and real estate and, and insurance, I think this strategy, this idea of using content collaborations as a way of building relationships with the people that you want to do business with works exceptionally well in that area. Um, one of our, one of our clients, uh, has a show he's in the finance space. 
he's got a show called Orlando Impact. And he's talking to people that are make, you know, entrepreneurs in Orlando that are making an impact in the city. Well, coincidentally, those people that they're interviewing also would happen to be really great clients for their uh, financial advisory That's firm. Fantastic. And so, so I, I just think, uh, you know, this, this strategy, this content-based networking thing has radically transformed my life. It's allowed me to build a seven-figure business from the ground up. Um, it wasn't without work. It's not one of those like get rich quick, super hack, like we've been at this for half a decade now, mm. but, but it works. And we've every, it seems like every week I'm talking to our director of partnerships in Colorado and, and he's like, man, you know, I was just sending out a proposal today and realized that this was with somebody that we had on the show a year and a half ago. Uh, so this strategy works over the long haul. It's not, you know, it's, it's not something where you're going to convert every single person that is a guest on your show. Um, but then the other thing about it that I really like is if you're not into podcasting, you don't really have to be, you can do it with a blog series. You can do it with a video series on LinkedIn. Um, content collaboration is content collaboration. Now I, I just happen to think podcasting is the easiest way to do it. And you guys probably agree since it's, kind of the medium that you guys have chosen as well. But, um, but I think you can do it in a lot of different ways. And so, um, so I, I just really love people, especially in the spaces that you guys serve finance, insurance, real estate. I think if more people knew about this uh, strategy, um, they'd see, they'd, they'd have a lot more fun doing business because when you're getting to do business with people that you actually like and that you're becoming friends with, um, it's just, it's way more fun. So before we get too much into the strategy, I think there's a lot that we can unpack there. What um, what role does I think a lot of times when people hear you should do a podcast immediately goes I have no idea how to do that right I yep. don't know how to record it I don't have the mics I think I need all this equipment I don't have video equipment if I want to turn that into video so what role does Sweetfish Media play as a podcasting agency like what do you guys do for your clients yeah as an agency yeah thank you for asking man so so we we find, we source all the equipment, send them all the equipment, and then we help them find their guests. And we kind of, we act as a producer for their show. So we're, we're interacting with all their guests pre-interview and, uh, and helping them figure out what content they want to talk about um, on the show. And then we do all the post-production, the audio engineering. We help them turn it into video content, written content on LinkedIn, um, blog content that they can use on their site. Uh, and so we, we kind of, it's soup to nuts. Oh, wow. We do everything. Um, but we're also working with companies that have, you know, larger budgets. And so we're working with folks that have at least 50 employees and, and they can afford to, you know, work with the service like ours. But when I hear people say like, oh, it's overwhelming, like, man, honestly, like you could do this stuff on, on an app called Anchor. Like mm -hmm. as much as that's, you know, shooting my own business in the foot, um, <laughs> if, if, if you don't have, if, if you don't have, you know, budget to work with a production team like ours, or, you know, there's a lot of companies that, that are, that are getting into this space and doing what we do. Um, and don't let that stop you because you could literally start a podcast tomorrow on on an app called Anchor that Spotify just acquired for a gajillion dollars. And Anchor uh, and actually hosts the file too, right? They're like yeah, the, they host like the, the host file, and the player. Um, and so, so I, I just would hate for oh man, we don't have a budget, you know that a that a you know larger company would have. Uh, so we must we ca we can't capitalize on this. I don't think that's true at all. I think uh, I think if you're working at a big insurance company uh, or a real estate you know company, and and you don't think that your boss is gonna let you do this, just like do it on your own and do mm -hmm. interviews like on that's your a own great point. time. Yeah. Um, and 
and and you will start to see your, your boss will want you doing it for the company before too long because you'll he'll he or she will start seeing that you're the top producer on his team uh, or on their team and they're going to want you doing more of it uh, when they start to see like that these relationships you're building with the guests that you're featuring are starting to turn into revenue for the business. Mm. Dude, that, no, that's so awesome. Actually, it's so funny. I want to hear about your wife's job, the dolphin the trainer. Dolphin. Like, <laughs> everybody's like, Luke, what the heck? It's like when you were sharing your whole story, I was like, wait, she's a dolphin trainer? I'm like, <laughs> Flying no, helicopters but, for NASCAR and You know, what's dolphins. funny is I think one of the hardest parts about podcasting for people is the content. Like, what do I actually do? So our audience yeah. tends to be small business owners, right? So real estate agents, insurance agents, you know, myriad of different, like maybe it's one to five employees that they have. Yep. They tend to be in their local community. They don't necessarily, the majority of their business doesn't come nationwide, right? It tends to yep. be in their local community. What thoughts and tips would you give from the standpoint of content, you know, when you think about what they should talk about or what they should do, what, what kind of yeah. pops into your head for that? That's a great question, man. So, uh, so I, I think the play there, I love when, when folks like our client, that's a financial advisory, uh, company, um, what they, what they did with their show. So, um, having a show that's local where you can actually do the interviews in person and in the people's offices that you're trying to meet with, I think is a super ninja move. Um, it's not something that I can necessarily do because our clients are, you know, we're a fully remote team. I'm in Orlando. Our clients are a lot, you know, San Francisco, Boston, New York. But if you sell locally and you can actually show up to someone's office and do the interview there, the relational equity that you're going to build and the speed at which you're going to be able to build trust with somebody because you're in the same room with them, creating content with them is it, it, it's so beneficial. And I literally think you could, if, if you're selling, uh, if, if you're in the finance space and you're a financial advisor and you're wanting to work with uh, entrepreneurs that have been in business for five plus years because you know that if, if a business has made it past five years, they're likely going to have you know the money that the kind of money that you want to be able to manage. Um, you can literally look for business owners or entrepreneurs in your area that meet that qualification and reach out and say, Hey, we're doing, you know, we're, we're doing a podcast called leaders in Chicago or, you know, Chicago entrepreneurship. Mm. And we'd love to, we'd love to feature you on our show. Are you up for it? And you'd be shocked at how many people would, would want to share their story. Um, in the book, I talk a lot about, you know, the reason Oprah got to the, the level of fame that she got is not because of her own story, even though her story is actually pretty incredible. But the reason she became like the icon that she is, is because she learned how to shine her spotlight on other people and lift other people's stories up. Man, and so nugget. when we, when we change our, when we change our mindset as people trying to sell a product or service from I am someone that sells insurance or I am someone that sells real estate too. I am someone that shares the stories of the people that I want to work with and I lift them up. Um, you start to be seen as a journalist in your area as opposed to somebody that sells something. And 
one, that makes you a lot more attractive. A lot more people want to have conversations with you mm. because you're a journalist and you have a spotlight to shine on them. Um, but then the other, the other thing that it leads to is it actually leads to genuine friendship and, and relationship with these people because you're spending the time to hear their story, understand their story, uh, be curious about their story and how they got to where they are today. And through that process, you're building an enormous amount of trust and that person is actually going to want to work with you. So some, something that I talk a lot about in the book, like friends want their friends to win. And, and if, and if they, and if you get, you go through this process of collaborating on a piece of content with somebody for 15 or 20 minutes, it might seem like, oh, that James, it's a lot of time to spend, but I guarantee you, you're spending way more time cold calling or knocking on doors for people that want nothing to do with you <laughs> before you finally hit on someone that, you know, get, get to somebody that has a need for what you're doing and can engage in conversation. This opens up way more conversations, way quicker, and you're getting to know their story and becoming friends with them. And, uh, and I just, I don't think we use the term friendship and business enough. And especially for the folks that you serve, I, I think if, if they went out trying to build friendships with people in their community that they could ultimately work with, um, they would, they would reap a whole lot of business benefit. Mm. Man, I, I totally agree. It's so funny. Even in our sales process, like translating this whole idea of sharing stories and shining the spotlight onto yep. other people is such an incredible sales principle. Yes. I've actually been working with a couple new callers that we have down on the floor, and they're doing okay, but they're not really hitting the quotas that they need to be hitting for them, right? To, to yeah. live what they want to do, and especially to be on the phone all day as salespeople. And just a simple change of telling them that, hey, when you share about our products, when you share about the features and the customization options that we have, instead of just sharing the customization option, I want you to share a story of how you have helped somebody, one of our clients, and it highlights the customization and the feature. And yeah. that simple change has changed so much of the game for them. By now, you're not just explaining, oh, you can customize this magazine down to the individual by writing a letter to somebody. You're going, mm -hmm. hey, let me tell you about a story about an agent I worked with, and they used the letter to do this. And you're, you're broadcasting this story of how it helped somebody and changed their life. And so that same principle of storytelling, shining the spotlight on other people, which in essence, it reflects back to you yeah. in a better light. Is yep. It changes the game in sales when you do that in sales. And so when you think about your sales presentations, it's the same principle. It's, it's sharing stories that shine the spotlight on the benefit and the value that you've provided for other people. Yep. And the medium to share benefits is through stories. It's so powerful. Yep. People remember stories. Exactly that's, why right, we, that's why we love movies, man. Yep. That's why we love movies here. So exactly right. If, if you're a business owner, right, you're a real estate agent, financial advisor, and you set out to do this where you are you know, going to interview the people in the community, how often should you know a podcast be coming out? Can you give me some of like the technical strategies? Yeah. And then how do I get an audience? Because yeah. for us, one of our worries was, well, you know, let's take Tom Ferry, for instance. Tom Ferry, number one coach in real estate, right? We want to have him on the podcast. We were getting after him to get on the podcast and we finally got him. But it's like, he's going to want to know how big's our audience, uh, who, you know, he doesn't maybe want to come on, nothing against him to us. It's just kind of, yeah. that's what people ask. And I'm sure that's yeah. the fear that everybody's going to have. 
So walk yeah. us through kind of the technicalities there. So, yeah. So, so I actually see a lot of people that are, that are wanting to do content-based networking and they, they, the biggest mistake I see is, um, and it all depends on what your goals for the show are, but if your goal is to build relationships with people that you can ultimately do business with, the likelihood is those people are not going to care about how big the audience is because they're not being asked to be on podcasts. So I see right. so many people that are like, Oh, but you know, I, you know, and, and I fell into this trap, like, Oh, I want to interview Gary V or I want to interview Tom Ferry, or I want to interview all these people. And you guys's goals are obviously different. You're talking to people that aren't necessarily your ideal buyer. And so it makes sense for you guys to, to want to do that. But for really just executing the content-based networking strategy, if, if you're reaching out to people in your community, they likely are getting nobody asking them. Nobody's asking the guy that owns the, you know, bicycle shop down the street to be on a podcast. Right. It's just podcasts aren't big enough yet for that to be a reality yet. And so people always ask like, oh, aren't people going to want to know how big our audience is? Actually, no, they're not. Like very rarely. And we, we are interviewing VPs of marketing. So you would think if they're a marketing executive, they would really care about that. <laughs> Occasionally. flattered to be asked. <laughs> That's but, a great point, man. That's great. But, but it, really, it really doesn't happen. Um, and so, so first I would say, you know, get out of your head that most people are going to want that. I'm sure Tom Ferry does because he's trying to optimize his time and he can he can go and do anything that gets in front of thousands of people probably at a moment's notice. And mm -hmm. so he's got to guard that. But the bulk of the people that you want to do business with are probably not the Tom Ferries of the world. They're everyday decision makers that are practitioners in your industry and really do have valuable content to share with your listeners. They're just not being asked to share that content. That's so point. that's the first one. Um, and then in terms of growing an audience, I've found that the biggest kind of hack for that is doing collaborations with other podcasts that are serving a similar audience. So if you can find a show that is in your, that it's reaching about the same amount of people that your show is reaching, and you can reach out and say, hey, for the next month, if we promote your show, will you promote our show? It's like a mid-roll kind of ad spot kind of thing. Hmm. It gets you connected with other podcasters in the space. Um, and there's no better way, I think, to promote your podcast than on another podcast that has people listening to it that would also get value from your show. So great we've idea. done something like that with several shows. Um, we've got a lot of different podcasts now as we're building out our network of shows. And so, um, and that's, that's one thing that we see all the time that works really effectively. Let's talk about content marketing. If you're already doing it, you know just how important content marketing is. And if you're not, you might be wondering, well, what is content marketing and why is it so important? Believe it or not, content marketing isn't just some buzzword. It's going to actually help you generate leads and close more deals by providing your clients with content that adds value to their lives. To get started, check out our free ebook, Become a Content Marketing Machine at ReminderMedia.com backslash content marketing. That's ReminderMedia.com backslash content marketing. Take action on this today. So you, you guys have a podcast that comes out daily, right? Yes. Um, how much time are you spending a week on a, on that podcast? Like yeah, for people so, listening that are wondering if they're doing it themselves, how much time? Yeah. So I honestly, I, I don't think that I think people can pull off a daily podcast much easier than they think if they're using tools like anchor. Um, 
if they're allowing the guest to kind of set the tone for what the content is. Um, so when, when I was, I mean, before I had Logan take over B2B growth, I got up to like episode 800 or something. And so I was, wow. there were days where I was doing seven, eight, nine interviews in a day. Wow. But awesome. to me, it wasn't the, the benefit was, yeah, I'm doing these interviews, but I'm meeting VPs of marketing that can buy our service and I'm having great 20 minute conversations. With it's biz dev at the same time. It's biz dev. <laughs> yeah. And so, as a, as a founder of an early stage company, I was like, there's no better use of my time right. than talking to my ideal clients about what their pains are, what problems they're running into, how they're solving their challenges, because it, allowed, it gave me the acumen to be able to talk to them in a way that they actually respected my like intelligence and my strategic thinking because I'd talked to hundreds of them. Yeah. So I knew like, and then I'm making connections between like other people that I've talked to and them. So they really do see me as like a valuable resource. Um, and, and I think, you know, for us, we had, you know, we had an audio engineer, we weren't doing a lot of copywriting for each of those episodes. So we had somebody that we had, you know, had found to be able to, to edit the audio. And then I reached out to guests and basically said, Hey, what are three to five? Um, what, what's, what's a really granular topic as it relates to B2B marketing that you'd be interested in talking about? They would tell me what that was. And then I would get on in the first five minutes of the interview and say, okay, around this topic, what would be three to five takeaways that you would want to make sure that our listeners would want to know? And I would just take notes as they were talking because this was a topic they were passionate about. So it wasn't really challenging for them to come up with those three to five talking points. I'd write it down and then I'd say, all right, so this is how the interview is going to go. We're going to do a brief intro. We're going to talk about these three to five points. Um, I'm going to you know, go back and forth with you a little bit on it and then we're going to close it out. Hmm. And and we literally, I, I literally did, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of episodes that way. And it allowed me to stack these relationships. Now I'm connecting with them on LinkedIn after the interview. They're subscribing to the show. So they're hearing our show long after they've been a guest on it. They're seeing our content on LinkedIn. Yeah. Um, and, and it just, it got, and you know, it they'll share it. Yeah, exactly. They'll want to share that. Exactly. Yeah. No, I love the template. It's, it's really that playbook uh, idea of just run the same play over and over and over again. Yeah. Um, talk more about some other content-based networking strategies. You know, we talked yeah. about podcasts a little bit. You mentioned blog in there. You mentioned a couple other things. Yeah. What are some other things that you coach people in your book around this content-based network networking? Yeah. Strategy? So, so there's there's a lot of different things that folks could do. In the in the uh, in the book, I talk about uh, a couple fictional stories of kind of how it could work, um, because we're primarily working with B two B. SaaS companies. I didn't just want the book to be full of those stories. Right. Um, one of the one of the stories that I share in the book is, you know, if if you're graduating from, uh, if you want to be a chef, if you aspire to be a chef, you go to school for that, you get out of school, but you're up against all these other people that have that have the same credentials as you. You just mm. finished school and you don't really have much to show for it. Uh, but I guarantee if you went and did some sort of an in Instagram series where you went into some kitchens and said, hey, I want to share kind of some of your dishes and what you're doing on my Instagram account and feature your restaurant and, and your head chef, um, I, I don't think you'd have a hard time getting a few restaurants in your area to say yes to you doing that. Through that process of you spending an evening in one of the kitchens, taking pictures, documenting you know what the recipes are and like what what goes into to making these dishes because it's good for the restaurant it gives them additional exposure at no cost to them uh, they're getting value from it you're getting the value of now networking with this head chef who can 
hire you right. to be on his, his or her team. That's and so, so good. That's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's one example of how it could work out. A friend of mine, um, is, uh, he's a student that I mentored while he was in high school. He's now a sophomore or junior at South Carolina, uh, and he, is, he wants to be a football coach. And he's been very fortunate to, you know, he's now like an uh, undergraduate assistant coach for the South Carolina football team. And I told him, I said, man, if you want to be a head coach, you know that this is a relationship business. All of these coaches are getting hired because mm. of who they knew, what staff they were on before they got hired at Florida or you know Georgia or wherever. And so I said, if you started a podcast and literally interviewed every assistant coach that would say yes to you that is on staff at a college, and you just interviewed them for 15 minutes about what you know what their journey has been to become a college football coach, you're going to get a lot of people that say yes to you and you're going to be, you're going to stack all of these relationships with coaches that can ultimately give you a shot at being, so you know, awesome. an assistant coordinator <laughs> or something like that. So this works way outside of kind of the traditional, uh, you know, the traditional business model um, of, you know, for, it works exceptionally well for people that you guys are talking to insurance, real estate, but I really think this is a game changer for recent college graduates, uh, for people that are trying to get elected to office in their local community. I think creating creating hmm. some sort of content that they can uh, create with people that would could ultimately vote for them um, would be a really ninja way to execute this strategy. Um, so there's lots of different ways. People that just want to get a job, maybe you're not pursuing something entrepreneurially, but you could interview all the hiring managers at all of the companies you want to work for in your area and talk to them about their that's company so and why, so why their company is great to work for. Yeah. Or, and, and so it's great for them. It's exposure for them. And you're also building relationships, very strategic relationships with the exact people that can hire you. So, um, you know, everybody always says like, it's not what you know, it's who you know, but I don't see very many people talking about, well, how do you actually create relationships with the people that you want to know? And that's what I think this framework solves for. Yeah. I love the strategic so approach good. because it's, we just did a webinar on social media and how to, you know, content for social media and, yeah. and, you know, so if you're in one of these industries thinking, how do I create content or what do I come up with for my social media? If you, if, where do I get the ideas from? If you start looking at it from a strategic perspective of who do you want to work with? What are the business owners that you want to, that you want to partner with that can get you those re referrals or get you to that person who's looking to invest in a piece of real estate or mm -hmm. get to that entrepreneur whose account you want to, you know, have as a financial yep. advisor or, or whatever. It's killing so many birds with that one, one stone focus of, yep. Who do I want to work with? Yep. And that's going to create your content. That's going to provide value to your audience and give them something entertaining to watch. And then it's also going to uh, uh, open up the door to those relationships that would ultimately. Yep, you're exactly right. So I see so many people, the first part, of, so it's a three-part framework that I outline in the book. And the first part of the framework is getting clear on your goal. Mm. And so, so often people don't think about that whenever they get into creating content, they don't really think about what their end goal is. Yeah. But when you stop and think about it, like who am I actually trying to do business with? And then you say, okay, what if, what if I created content with those people and I made the content not about myself and not about we what we do. So with B2B growth, the reason it's been downloaded over 3 million times is not because it, it's not because it's a show all about podcasting. That's our expertise, mm. but it's not the expertise of our buyers. Mm. And so we didn't start the Sweetfish Media Show or the B2B podcasting podcast, right. as meta as that would have been. We started <laughs> B2B growth. 
because B2B growth is what our buyers are experts in. Mm. And so we, we are able to approach them and, and allow them to be the expert on our podcast, which I've noticed that a lot of people just don't naturally think that way. They think, oh, I want to start a podcast and talk about what, what I know. I'm an expert <laughs> right. at. And in reality, you're, you're just not going to grow an audience, in my opinion, unless you're pulling it from, you know, unless you're Joe Rogan and you're pulling it from, you know, some, some other platform that you've built. Right. Uh, that's just a really long road to build influence by talking about yourself all the time. Yeah, man, that's such a great yeah. point. It's so such a great point. How do, you, how do you track results? You know, you talk about the goal and starting with the goal. How are you tracking results? Like, are you or are you tracking yeah. conversion rates on people that you've interviewed to clients gained? And at what yeah. point do you say, hey, this isn't this isn't worth it anymore? Yeah. So so we used to we used to talk about this a lot in our sales cycle when we were talking to companies about using this. And it's it's really that simple. It's you're going to have you're, you're going to you're going to have a list of people that you've had on the show because it's in the podcast feed. So if after a year you're scrolling through and you do a weekly show and you've got 52 guests, you can literally look and say, how many of these people have I done business with? And maybe, maybe you look at it after 18 months, how many of these people have I done business with? And when I look back at, at B2B growth, that, I mean, it's, there's no doubt that, that it is worth the expense of doing it mm. because we're, we're selling something that people pay, you know, 34 to $50,000 a year for. Mm. So when, when you're selling something that is of high lifetime value, which it sounds like the folks in your space are, if you're selling financial services or insurance or real estate, that's, that, that those relationships are worth a lot of money to you. And, uh, and, and so I think this approach allows you to stack those relationships. I get, I get pretty cautious of people measuring it too meticulously sure. because you get to the point where, uh, you just looking at these people as leads uh, or opportunities. You're not really looking at them like humans. And, and that to me just kind of bastardizes the whole process. And people see that from a mile away and I they agree. think, Oh, they're just it makes you an ineffective host. Also. Yeah, yeah. It, it just makes it ineffective. Not people are not going to want to do business with you. If the second you get on, you just, you start trying to close a failed discovery call. <laughs> yeah. If you're just masking your discovery calls, it's not going to work. Yeah. Um, you really have to take a journalistic approach and be curious about them and their story. That's cool. Um, it's not rocket science, but you have to be intentional about doing it. Um, mm. because if not, people are, are, they might do your interview, but then they're going to talk crap about you and, and make sure that none of their peers, uh, say yes to being on your show. And they're definitely yeah. not going to want to do business with you afterwards. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's what I, that, that's, that's what I've seen. I mean, it's been well worth the investment for us. Yeah, I totally agree. And it's the influence too. It's, it's amazing in the relationship yeah. game. It's like, um, you know, talk about doing a podcast on your passion or what you're into. So my brother, Steven, we do investments and flips and stuff like that together. So he has been talking to this guy. A, are you going to start a podcast with... Are you going to cheat I on might, me with man. another podcast? Yeah, I'm going to cheat on you. Paid, pal? <laughs> I'm having an affair like with another podcast host. <laughs> but he's talking to this guy that does a bunch of flips. And yeah. at first, you know, it was just there's nothing in it for him. He was just talking to him, everything like that. And this was before we got in it to flips. And he was telling me the other night, he says, man, it's so amazing how relationships are because he goes, you know, I you know, wasn't thinking for anything for this guy, just talking and all this stuff. But this guy has now turned into a huge lead source for Stephen. Yes. Why? Because the guy moved out of Stephen's area into a new area yeah. and started getting all these leads in Stephen's area and has no one 
that right. he's funneling the leads to. But if Steven would have been all about just transaction and going, well, this guy can't help me because he's in my own area, we're doing flips, and not treated it like, hey, man, it's we're passionate about the same make. thing, yeah. let's help yep. each other, he would have never had that. And this guy is like now funneling, the, you know, ton, it's just yep. crazy my, how that's my, that's how it works. My, my buddy Brandon, it literally that that exact use case of what you laid out is why he started his podcast. So it's called Real Estate for the Rest of Us. And he literally just interviews other real estate investors in Orlando because he's new in real estate investing. And once one, he wants to learn like, hey, what are strategies you're using? How are you doing this? But then he also knows that the long-term implications of those relationships, if they get if they get something sent their way that's not a fit for them, but they know Brandon is looking for that kind of investment, they're naturally going to pass it off to him. And so he's, it's so funny that you say that because that's literally how a, a good friend of mine is actually using podcasting for that specific. Purpose. Is he a Seinfeld fan? I don't know. Real estate for the, that really rolls off the tongue. Real estate, Real estate for, the for the rest of us. us. That's a good title, but it's just so true. That's how relationships work. And with our podcast here, Stay Paid, it's just been amazing to see these relationships develop and the connections that come out of them. Yep. And like our main, this passion project of Stay Paid came out of the idea of how do we get more value for our clients so they actually take action in their business, they feel empowered, and yep. they actually start just implementing some of these tangible tips to get ROI because we selfishly want the association of Man, when I need help with marketing and I need help growing my business, we want them to think of stay paid. We want them to think yeah. of Josh and Luke and hopefully in a good light enough to where they, you know, will come and use us. And but it's yeah. just amazing how a podcast does so much more than just that. The connections we have, the relationships, the connections that I've made through this, it's just un unreal. Yeah. And, well, and, and it's it's wild too. Like you're we're we're obviously talking a lot about it in terms of biz dev, but like I mean, I've gotten opportunities to speak yep. through the podcast. You get opportunities to you know like I found vendors that have that have been incredible vendors for us to work with through the podcast. Uh, I found our director of partnerships who literally tripled the size of our business in the oh, first wow. year he was on the team. So from a from a, a like an employee like recruiting standpoint. You like there's so many different benefits whenever you start to tap into the power of the relationships that can be created through content collaboration um, that it, it becomes like a no brainer because it's not just for biz dev. It has all these other ancillary benefits um, that uh, that that you don't you won't know in, until you actually dive in and start doing it. Man, I, I totally agree. OK, so I got to ask you. Right. So you've built the successful business. Right. And I'm sure it's, you know, it doesn't happen overnight. Every success yep. story, it's it's a grind. There's a lot of work and discipline that's put in. But as you look back over your years of building this, what are some of the routines that you've implemented in your life that has driven success for you that you look and you go, okay, I try to do this day in and day out, or I try to do this weekly. What are some of the routines that has driven success for you? Man, that's a great question. I think I think the routine for me is empowering the other people on our team. So specifically our leadership team. Um, I've worked for leaders that um, have been 
I guess, not very trusting and have not been very empowering to me. And it didn't bring out the best work in me. And so I tried to learn from that and apply that here uh, as a practice of my leadership to saying, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, one, give them the benefit of the doubt. Um, I'm going to empower and trust them uh, because I'm really clear about uh, what our culture is, what our, what our values are, and where we're trying to go. And so I'm communicating that over and over and over again. And then in doing so, everybody's on the same page now. And now I can truly empower them to, to take the business forward so that I'm not the only one carrying the weight of that on my shoulders. I've spread that across, you know, the six folks on our leadership team. Um, and that, that's been the kind of the ultimate, I don't even want to call it a hack, but it's, it's been the ultimate habit, I guess, that has uh, ended up fostering a lot of our success. I love that, man. The more ownership you give to somebody the more your problems are solved. Yep. And Our I'm, third I, core value is on the result yeah, for I, that reason. Yeah, man. I truly believe that. It's like if you, like in both avenues, you want someone to thrive, give them ownership. You want someone to leave, give them ownership. Yep. Because it will become apparent when you give someone ownership if they can actually do the test. But what most people do is they, they go, oh man, I can't stand the results I'm getting. So they get in. And then in essence, you have taken away your ability to hold that person accountable. What are the exactly. core values? You said one is your core value of the company. What are your core values? Yeah. So our number one core value is to love people well. Our second one is never stop learning. And our third one is own the result. Nice. So I, I read a book called The Advantage by Patrick Lincioni about yeah, we went through that two years yeah. ago. Oh my gosh, man. I think it was that two guy. years ago. It probably was, man. We were probably going through it at the same time. We went, the whole executive <laughs> yeah. team here, we went through that yeah, whole book. It was insane, yeah. man. Like we had seven core values before I read that book. I couldn't even tell you what those core values were and I wrote them. Um, and so we, we read that book, we slimmed it down to three and now our entire team, you know, we we're a relatively small team. There's 18 of us, but I, I, I'd put a good chunk of money on the fact that all 18 of our employees could tell you what our three core values are um, because we just talk about them over and over. That's and awesome. Maybe we need to read it again because we have eight. Yeah. We read the book and came well, out Well, you with put eight. it in a great acronym because you're a great marketer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, ours is fearless. Yeah, it's behind us on the wall. On the wall up here. You got to be love fearless. That. I love that. That, that. You can tell we're the ultimate marketing company because we came up with the core values. And obviously, they didn't, they didn't flow out in the word fearless. It was more principles yeah. that we believed in. And, and, and then Josh put on his Everything's marketing Everything's an hat. acronym around here. Yeah. We, have a, we have a team on our marketing, uh, in our marketing team. It used to be called the Culture Club. They would like uh, facilitate events. Like they would kind of create events yep. and organize everyone for our team just for team building now it's called fierce and it stands for uh, facilitating internal events regarding creative employees <laughs> yes <laughs> it's like everything has to be an acronym here for some reason that's so good oh, man. makes well, it thanks. easy to remember that it does yeah it thanks works for being here james uh before we close out let people know how they can find you get in touch with uh sweetfish media yeah, so I'm super active on LinkedIn. So last name is Carberry, C-A-R-B-A-R-Y. So James Carberry on LinkedIn. Email is james at sweetfishmedia.com. Um, and then if you get the book on uh, on Amazon or Audible, if you like listening to books, my number is in the back of the book. So you can text me if you have any questions about the strategy and and uh, and how it could apply to you and your business. Um, so we'd love for you to check out the book. Uh, but even if you don't want to do that, we'd love to hear from you via email or LinkedIn. That's I awesome. just downloaded the book on Audible today. Um, it's about two two hours and forty five minutes. Yep, 
Yep. Less than three hours. So pretty easy. And if yeah. you read on two X, like I do, you're, you're going to be done on, on a That's really a great short tip. Card I card. always forget to do that. I always forget <laughs> to do a speed tip. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again for being here, James. And thank you so much for listening to dive deeper into this episode. Get all of those links that James mentioned. Go to staypaidpodcast.com. You can see the show notes there, and you can also find the videos for all of our episodes. But don't just stop there. Head on over to iTunes. Mm. Hit that subscribe button for us as well. And if you're interested in supporting the show, there's two ways we ask you to do that. First is to rate us uh, on iTunes and to leave a comment. And the best way is to tell a friend about it, just yes. like we said in the beginning. Tell, tell your a friend friends about and it, family. share it on social media, help support the show. It's free. That's all we ask from you. Comment. Yes, that's your payment. Yeah. Share it with friends. Review, <laughs> hit the subscribe button, and tell a friend. Love that. That's it. Yeah. It's easy, man. Simple. If you want to get hold of me or Luke, you can email you us. You should at- come up with an acronym for, for getting people to do that, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll work on it. <laughs> you can email us at podcast at remindermedia.com or you can find us on Instagram. We are at Stay Paid Podcast. Also, go follow Luke on Instagram. We're trying to get his... At Luke Acree. A-C-R-E-E. A-C-R-E-E. Yeah, Josh can't spell my name these days, but all my real estate agents out there, it's Acre with an extra E. Luke Acree. <laughs> all right, we are... Uh, for this episode of Stay Paid, I'm Joshua Stike. We are Joshua Stike. <laughs> we are Joshua we Stike We are all today. Joshua Stike. Guys, and I'm Luke Acree. And here's your action item for the podcast, okay? Because we want you to walk away with a tangible tip. I think you have to be doing content collaboration in your business. If you're not, you are missing out on a golden opportunity. So you need to sit down and ask yourself, what is the content collaboration that I'm doing? And of course, we talked about podcasting for the majority of the show today. But if you remember from the beginning of the show and go back and listen to this, take notes, you can do contact or content collaboration on Facebook Lives. You could do video series. You could do a blog and a write-up. You could do Instagram posts. There's so many ways you can do content collaboration. So I would encourage you, you need to start implementing that in your business. But I think the tip that I want you to do when you're implementing that is don't think about what you're the expert in. Think about the people you actually want to work with. And what they want to talk about and what they want to hear about. I thought that was really good. It actually made me question what we're doing. I was like, wait a second. Did we do that? I think it's such an incredible tip. Um, So just think about the impact that you're trying to make and the people you're trying to work with. And then focus on that when it comes to your content collaboration. Remember this. The difference between a top producer and a mediocre producer in every single business we've worked in is top producers take action. So take action on that today. 